0: Happy? It's alright, isn't it? Looks looks pretty good, in that bad boy. Excellent. I think the word you're looking for is Look at that thing. Looks beautiful. Done. Beautiful. Yeah. Now, only if you're ready for this. Welcome
1: back to the OTB podcast, the original and still the best New Zealand mountain bike podcast. Um, we got a pretty special guest this week. I'm pretty excited to have him on. Um but before we crack into that, got to say quickly, don't forget to uh, look after our sponsors of the show, nz, Filthy Bike Wash, and Smith Optics, of course, always keeping us dialed in. Uh, also, we just had some new hats arrive in the merch department, so slide on in if you want a sweet 5 panel with a uh, nice embroidered OTP logo on there. But uh, before, we, um, you know, before we get too sidetracked, welcome to the show, Matt
2: Fairbrother. Oh, thanks for having me, yeah. Long time fan of the podcast and yeah, even longer time fan of of UKV. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, I spent my well like only a few years ago, yeah. like looked up to you then and it's kinda of cool to now be yeah, if on here. <laughs> kinda of funny.
1: Now what what you've done over the last few years is pretty goddamn impressive. So um I knew we had to get you on here. You've been on my um you've been on my list in my notes for a while, so um yeah, stoked we could make it happen. Yeah, cheers for having me. No, it's all good. And of course in the uh co host seat, Red Dog. Welcome back,
0: Red Dog. Thanks for having me, Kerry. You're um I look up to you as well, mate. Um <laughs> ever since that two thousand and eight win, it's just yeah, been, we, you've been idle.
1: When we were having a little bit of technical difficulty before, uh, Matt we were talking about Carcahill Hill and Nelson and um Red Dog said, I wonder how old Matt was when I won there in two thousand eight. So what am uh, judging by your email, were you like four? Yeah, four years old. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> I oh, didn't
0: even know advice existed. And ridiculous.
1: No, nah, I just date myself way too much. So let's let's move on from that. Matt's too young for this stuff. <laughs> first first question I have that I've got to start off with is how many kilometers have you ridden this year? Have you
2: got a rough idea uh, of? Honestly no clue. Um I know like overseas i biked maybe about four thousand kilometers. Uh, That I don't like. Yeah, I usually don't use anything to like map out how far I've biked. Yeah, so you're not
1: really like using Strava for when you're doing these ridiculous rides, or only on special
2: occasions. I only use it for the more significant stuff, like stuff when I want to know how far I've actually biked. But if I was just going into the hills like a normal day out, then I wouldn't bother. But if I was doing a big mission, (laughs) then yeah, I would. So.
1: So there's a there's a lot of thousand k's uh, definitely clocked up.
2: Yeah, there's there's been a, d-
1: a few thousand k's, at least. <laughs> and and pretty much all of those would have to have been on like basically a full size enduro rig. That's
2: pretty much all you're really riding. isn't like, Yeah, your, your, your I mean gear, that's yeah. that's all I have. Yeah, high pivot bike. Yeah, big downhill tires most of the time. Although I uh, mean, occasionally I change that for slicks if there's no like mountain biking involved, but. Yeah, only when I have
1: to. (laughs) I don't even like riding the like three ks to the hill from my house on um on like big tires on my enduro bike. So I I don't know how you do. I don't (laughs) actually like peddling.
2: No one one believes me, but I actually hate peddling places. Yeah, but you keep doing it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: I don't know why. I mean, I I mean, you're saying at the start had you know you've you looked up to me and I remember you from like when you were pretty you know pretty young obviously just getting into things and in, um you know like racing in, in Christchurch and the Gravity Canterbury series and that so like what age did it kind of did the mountain bike thing kick off
2: for you
0: um
2: I think maybe 14 um 13 14 I think yeah so I'd get into it spent like one or two years more I guess I you'd say like XC kind of stuff yeah And then kind of got bored of that, ended up kind of going to the hill and just spent, like, the whole day just sessioning stuff and, like, taking off jumps and all that. And then that turned into kind of the GC stuff, which was, yeah, the downhills, I think, mainly back then. Um, And, yeah, I think actually, like, a couple nights before, like, the first GC downhill I did, um, you, like, made a post on Facebook selling something, maybe, like, a backplate or something. What you needed for one of the events so like i like was so excited to get that <laughs> off you and it like was custom it had like custom stickers on it i was like so stoked because it was like a famous oh, thing it was a neck brace yeah yeah maybe yeah i forgot yeah i forgot that you
1: got that but i remember that now yeah yeah i
2: yeah. was like so stoked because it was like you know
1: custom and
2: yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome i'm uh i'm stoked to have uh been was it one uh, of the kbr of your, ones uh yeah it must have been because it must have had like some graphics on it or something yeah I it was do like, vaguely remember that it was like white purple yeah, and blue nice. i think I, i've still got yeah. it yeah oh awesome that's <laughs> yeah, so good yeah yeah, yeah yeah um so i guess like from there obviously you know kind of like all the rest of us mountain biking just kind of becomes a comes your your religion almost like you just get so deep into it but what so you did an everest it when you're 15 right so it was yeah like 20 was that 2019
2: 2020 uh, i don't know that goes back a few years doesn't it yeah uh, uh, my head's not that good a few,
1: few uh, cases
2: then but i think
1: maybe what, like what motivated that do you remember like
2: i honestly don't know i'm just like
0: <laughs> i just <laughs>
2: get an idea in my head and then I can't lose it I'm like I'm so stubborn that when I say I'm gonna do something I'm gonna do it and I think it's also like if maybe I mention an idea to someone and they're like that's not possible you can't do that then I'm definitely gonna do it so I'm sure there was like a bit of that um I think that was maybe just as it started to like pick up in the cycling scene um and yeah I'm not too sure why I thought I could do it or why I wanted to do it even but
1: I went and did it. <laughs> it's probably a good thing that you're like, you forget this stuff. And that's probably how you keep actually going back and doing these ridiculously big rides. Cause you just forget how horrible the last one was.
2: Yeah. I think, yeah, totally. Um, yeah. I think like when you get to a certain state, when you're like tired, I guess, basically you kind of, it sucks in the moment, but a few days later you just forget it because you're tired and your body just didn't soak it up. Which is yeah. like the best part of that, I think. It's <laughs> that it's that type two kind of fun like i mean
1: we just did the me and red dog did the fuck 100 a few weeks ago and that was exactly it like when you're doing it and you're full of cramps and you're like this sucks this is the worst thing and then you get an hour after you finish you're like oh yeah i should come back and do this again it's just like you you remember the good parts of it and you forget the shit yeah. parts
2: yeah i guess like the highs are high and the Big lows time. are quite low
1: yeah but i think the highs so the- like
2: stick it out a lot longer yeah than the-, the lows like afterwards anyway
1: yeah, you forget this, you forget the shitty stuff pretty quickly. Normally, yeah. yeah, totally. So then I remember you went on to do like a massive one in Vic Park, like a year or two later. Like you did, it wasn't like it was bigger than an Everest, right? You did something, I, yeah, I went to huge.
2: ten thousand meters. Jesus, yeah, which Is isn't isn't that much more to be honest. Like no, nah, a couple thousand more, but it's like one point two thousand more. Who's counting? That, that's like a normal, <laughs> a normal day out.
1: <laughs> put it this way. I'm not going to do an Everest for, for a start, so
2: 10,000 is huge. <laughs> um, so I went up Dyer's Pass and then kind of took a left and went past the dog park um, to the skid oh, site yeah. and then up beside oh, Sesame, yep, yep. which is super steep. That was like oh, the that most savage part of it. And then to the top car park. And then I went down... I think it was Ch- no Sesame, Shazzes, Pono's, and into the bottom and kind of just loop back to Dyes. Oh, <laughs> yeah,
1: so you were going all the way out, back down. Yeah, yeah all the um, way out. Barnvale by- Avenue and around. Yeah. That is, um, yeah, that's, that's a pretty savage loop. Like, that, I mean, that descent on a normal ride, you'd kind of be like, oh, yeah, like, you'd ride it. You wouldn't think much of it. But when you're, I don't know, like, 20 hours deep into it, there's a lot of shit that can go wrong on it. Yeah,
2: I guess, but like, I think it's. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I guess, yeah. You, you guys would know that's like one of the kind of common, like, most common ways you descend down. Yeah,
1: uh,
2: yeah. I, I like yeah. know it so well that. Yeah. I couldn't, unless I was doing something stupid. I don't know how I would fall off going down.
1: Yeah.
2: There. Um, and in you're fact, pretty like, autopilot. In fact, like, I think maybe like my twelfth lap, I like set my fastest time down, down like pono's. Just because it was like, I just knew it so well. Like, I guess I was kind of on a high and I just, you know, going fast is fun and that's kind of what keeps me going. Just by having fun and messing
0: about. Could you you still concentrate? Like, I reckon if I did it, I'd just ride into a fence down that gravel road at the bottom or something. Uh, After 12 laps. Or what, how many laps?
2: uh, I don't know. I just, I'm not too sure how that works. (laughs) I don't think you I've just had, can do it. You I, can just do it. Yeah, I don't think I've ever just, had an issue, Like no, nothing, just comes to mind. Like I think the only times I've had issues descending is when I've like basically been falling asleep, but yeah, that of course, that of course some yeah. issues, but not like being mentally tired. I feel like it's engaging enough that it's like exciting and then you actually want to do it. So that it keeps you going. That's, um, yeah. I'm just
1: like, I mean, that climb, it's fine for a couple of laps, but yeah, it's pretty, there's some savage little sections in it when you're doing that for however many mm. laps you ended up doing over 24 hours or whatever it was.
2: Yeah. I think it was 26 laps. Um, but yeah, Jeez. it's, it's just the pinches definitely get you. It's, yeah. I don't think dies is that bad. You can kind of just spin it out, but it's yeah. The pinches take it out of you.
1: Mm, For sure. Oh, that's monstrous. So. I mean that obviously that is um testament to the fact that you are pretty mentally strong at just pushing through stuff which I guess is why you've been able to do some of the ridiculous rides that you have been over the last couple of years but what um what made you decide to like bike pack essentially I guess the e w s series last year was it just the fact of like you kind of had to do that, that was the only option sort of thing? Uh,
2: I guess it was like a bunch of naivety and just not setting myself up that well. (laughs) 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 Like, to be completely honest, (laughs) yeah. Like, I don't know, I went over there at the beginning, I was 17, like, just left school, had almost no money at all after i bought flights and entered the events themselves, like, knew nobody over there. Um, Had a loose connection with Deviate Cycles who kind of helped me out with the bike, but I actually got super lucky that they're based out of Scotland, which was where the first EWS was. But yeah, we know there was no one, knew no mm. one, um, it was just like, uh, like I guess I've seen like all the videos of like people kind of bumming it in vans and stuff and thought, oh yeah, there'll be heaps of people in vans. It won't be hard to just get a seat in someone's van. Got there just like, just panicked um, <laughs> and didn't speak to anyone at all. Um, didn't line anything up. And then it kind of, it was like a few days before the first EWS and I was like, I'm not going to be able to get to Slovenia, which was the next one. Um, so kind of had to actually, no, I bumped into Winmasters Masters um, out in the Tweed Valley and like, was telling him that I was like stuck. Um, also, like, that was my first time meeting Win. Um yeah. Kind of like, I don't know. Um, oh, wow. Almost to this because it's Wynn Masters, you know, like he's a big deal, like Yeah. <laughs> uh so he ended up suggesting to yeah. that basically <laughs> like, you should just you should just bike there. Like I uh, thought he was joking, uh but <laughs> <laughs> uh I don't know. And him being Wynn and me being like amazed that I was with Wynn, like I just said, Oh yeah, it's a good idea, I'll bike there. Um didn't know how far away Slovenia was, didn't know exactly what that meant, but I said yes and I was signed up at that point. I wasn't going to like not keep my word. So, um, <laughs> that is
1: a loose, a loose yeah. program to be operating to just decide a few days before on a whim from one of your, you know, heroes saying you should ride there. Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, it was a dumb idea, but I I don't know. Most, most of so my You
0: had no plan to do this before you left New Zealand?
2: No, no. I didn't have any bike packing bags. I've ne- You hadn't thought about before this? Before that, all. I'd never done an overnighter with a bike. Like I had, was not set up at all. Like that I hadn't, by far. had no idea. That's, yeah, how far that's away the was, which, it ended up being, I think, one point eight thousand kilometers away. <laughs> <Which> is <laughs> it's actually quite quite far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not. Dis, that's a distance. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> and
1: how How did that first trip go? Was that pretty eventful?
2: Um. Yeah, I mean. I ended up getting a mechanical in that EWS on the last stage. So, like, as soon as I finished, it was a huge panic. Um, I also bought tickets to get on the boat because, of course, you have to jump the ocean, basically. So I bought tickets, I think, for the second night after the EWS, which was maybe a Tuesday night. So I actually had to kind of gun it to the coast. So I had a mechanical immediately. So that was, like, huge panic cause I needed to leave then and there. Ended up getting that sorted, um, left, and then that, that night I camped out just outside the border of England, next to what was a lake, which I didn't know was a lake at that time because it was dark, and I didn't end up setting up a tent because I was so tired, and just woke up covered in all these bites. Um, oh, the midges. Oh, the, the midges got me. So, I, yeah, just covered in welts. So, that was awful, and then, yeah, made it to the boat in um, good time actually but i got there and then gave over my passport and they just said you you can't board you've got to be 18 to board the vessel and i was like what <laughs> i was like I've, I've got to board and then they said that i could speak to their manager if i had an issue with it so i said yeah i want to speak to your manager um yeah <laughs> which for me was a bold move actually usually i'd just be timid and just back off but the manager came over and said, you've got to uh, get your mum and dad to send us permission. And I was like, how does that work? And they said, get them to send a photocopy of their passport saying and an email saying you could board the vessel and then you can go. But the issue was, I think it was like maybe 4 p.m. UK time and 2 a.m. in New Zealand. So they were fast asleep. <laughs> oh,
0: <shit.
2: laughs> um, So like, oh, the other issue was I had no data. That was the big issue, actually. Had no data, had no ability to call them. Um, so basically I went down the queue asking all these people if I could get a quick hotspot. No one wanted to help, but I, <laughs> I, I guess maybe, maybe, they were also like panicked about getting on the boat themselves. Like, cause I guess they were in the queue and they were also moving. So yeah, huge panic. Then I went over to like this other kind of building, ask of people. And in the end I found these two elderly people who had lost their luggage who were like, yeah, who actually helped me and were super stoked to help me. And, um, text my mum and dad and got it sorted and, like, boarded the boat, like, 20 minutes before the cut-off, so I was sorted. Shit. I, was, how I, was did,
1: um, I mean, obviously they were happy to get you on there, but how did they Nuts. feel when you were like, hey, guys, this is my plan, I'm going to finish the race and then ride to Slovenia?
2: Um, I'm not too sure. I don't... <laughs> I think it maybe took a little bit, bit of convincing, but I think they were noticed yeah. that, like... If I say I'm doing something, I'm doing it. And I think they maybe yeah. have learned to take the side of being supportive instead of just shutting me down and, yeah, not being supportive, I guess. <laughs> um, head's but, loose. I mean, yeah, so it, it it. there's nothing they, was, they were going to be able to do to stop me. I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah <laughs> oh, they're a long way away. There's not much yeah. they
1: can really do to, to put a stop on it. But um, well, they, they so you made, made it there, obviously. Yeah. Like, you obviously yeah. made it to the next race. Yeah.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, made it. Uh, also, actually, stopped by Leo Gang to watch the downhill World Cup. Um,
1: <laughs> Good just... little stopping.
2: Yeah, yeah, thought I thought I might as well. It was like oh, I wasn't on the way, but it was a, a small detour, and I'd never watched a yeah. downhill World Cup, so yeah,
1: have was... a have a have a break on the way there. Y- nice. No, oh, was it two? Yeah. Was it two weeks between those rounds?
2: Yeah, yeah, two weeks. Yeah, I made okay. it there like four God. days early as well. I think. <laughs> So you actually, like,
1: <laughs> had a little bit of chance to recover.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, somewhat. But, like, the issue I find is if I stop, I shut down. So I got there. Yeah. And I just, like, I think each day leading up to it, I did about 1,500 meters of climbing and just, just lapped out the local bike park. So, <laughs> yeah. But, like, I mean, that sounds like quite a bit still, I guess. But, honestly, it was best for me, I think, just to keep the body checking over. Yeah.
1: yeah. That is, um that is nuts that you came in with no plan at all to do this and then just on a whim it it all began from there yeah <laughs> was it I mean I, I like I remember I remember it because it you know all of a sudden people you know social media power of social media and there everyone kind of knew what you were doing and I think you were documenting it a little bit as well like on your Instagram and that yeah. while you were going but yeah did it did it spread like once you were in Slovenia were people like holy shit are you the guy that just rode here sort of thing like was did it become pretty well known
2: um i guess yeah but like no one kind of said anything but i mean actually a few people kind of if i needed help with something like i think i was able to get it yeah so like if i had a mechanical i think some of the support kind of setups there would help me out i think um,
1: people you you would have earned a lot of people's respect for the fact that you didn't just pack it in and go oh, i can't make it like and you you fucking rode there, so yeah. it definitely would have garnered a lot of respect.
2: Yeah, I think actually the when it kind of hit me was when I was biking, when I was leaving Slovenia, um, biking out of the pits, like all the like elite <laughs> guys kind of like clapped me as I clapped me out as I was biking out of the venue. So like it, it's like <laughs> bow and I don't know like, awesome the uni yeah. guys and yeah they they were just clapping me out, which was that's pretty kind cool. Of, yeah, it was wild, but like so awkward for me because I, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I found it, I found it so hard that like kind of later on it sunk in that yeah, all the top people of the sport were yeah clapping me out. So then you pretty much did you just decide from that point like, well, this is basically how I'm going to get around the rest of the season? It's yeah, kind of, kind of thought at that point it was it was my fate, and kind of just thought let's see how far I can go.
1: <laughs> Slovenia, I mean, I've been there for a World Cup a couple of times to Maribor, and I'm like that'd be a pretty wild place to just ride into like when you're over in that side of Europe, like it's definitely not as, uh, not as easy to get around as it
2: is when you're in like,
1: you know, the main spots of France or Italy or anything yeah. like that.
2: It was, I don't know. It was all new to me. So like, I mean, at that point I didn't know any better. Like it was all new and all spooky. So yeah, it was, yeah. It just was what it was. Um Yeah. But yeah looking back on it i guess yeah it was a bit maybe i don't know it's its own kind of thing
1: <laughs> yeah a, a bit more
2: it's... i don't know less no not less developed maybe in part yeah i don't know yeah. well, we, we were, we were kind of like out the back and yeah. somewhat nowhere more of like a farming yeah. kind of vibe i guess
1: yeah there's not yeah. not as many people around that will speak english and be like yeah. as easy to deal with as when you're in like a big big city of europe or something like that yeah
2: exactly and it's not like a big yeah like ski Mm. kind of venue like i don't know to an example it's it's so set up for the sport um
1: is that um so was that is that the biggest like commute you've done between races or have you done bigger since then
2: that's the longest distance wise i believe yeah but there were like some tougher ones later on in the season
1: just like, just purely because of terrain, like more, um, more mountains and, and that sort of thing? Uh, ah, yeah. yeah.
2: So like the two weeks, like, so if it was like a back-to-back event, it actually ends up being, I think, four days to commute. Whereas Man. that, a two-week event, I think 12 days. I mean, yeah, two-week yeah. gap, I mean, I think it's 12 days to commute. So having that, yeah, it, it adds on quite a bit more days to actually get there um
1: have you are you are you taking like i don't i i haven't followed i guess why well, i mean i haven't seen close enough as to whether you have like skipped a few whether you've like jumped on trains or in with people or whatever or have you basically
2: ridden everything since that first one i've never i guess uh, in my head it's cheating i've never cheated um but I, have, I have i've caught planes like where I'm yeah <laughs> yeah, like, where, yeah when it's physically not possible i've caught planes that only (laughs) planes yeah jesus that
1: is wild (laughs) but i mean obviously when you when you
0: started on the when you started on like the made the decision to i guess do the big commutes between races did that start to affect your like um your mindset with the racing like were you starting to become more focused on the Commuting and getting around because it was such a big part of it, or were you still focused on the racing aspect?
2: I don't know. I think to begin with, there was like enough stoke that I was over there, kind of taking off that big goal to like compete overseas. That in a way, I think I had this like you can't mess with this yeah. with me mentality. Like no matter what I did, I was gonna, I was gonna do it, um, and I was still gonna go fast. I guess. And I think, I mean, that kind of worked until. Yeah the third um, EWS. So in Slovenia, I ended up, like, finishing 10th under 21. I also, like, dislocated a pinky finger as well, which, like, messed up my day. But, yeah, to, like, pedal that far and get 10th, I was, like, super stoked with that. But I think after that, the tiredness kind of beat the stoke um, and kind of, yeah, won over the stoke, and then it definitely hit me going into that. The third EWS, and I just couldn't maintain that pace.
1: It'd Um, be hard. There would be so much fatigue built up by that point. Yeah, Yeah, like I was, I was so messed up physically. Yeah, (laughs) as well. Like, were you getting? Yeah, I was gonna say, were you having any like physical problems from
2: so many Ks? Like, um, just fatigue. Actually, I got I got tendonitis in my Achilles biking to Slovenia, but once you get going, I I forgot about that. So I don't think that bothered me much, like, when I was competing, but, I mean, it definitely Mm. hurt. Um, But, yeah, just huge fatigue um, and just, like, mental tiredness, which I feel like I can always fight, like, physical tiredness, but mental tiredness, that's something I've never been able to win over.
1: No, you're pretty broken by that point when you're, like, mentally fatigued but yeah, yeah you're gone I mean <laughs> it, what's been like um have you have you had any like really dicey scary moments you know like middle of the night somewhere just like some some crazy shit going on or encounters with animals um, or
2: I had an encounter oh there's a good couple of animal ones actually and I actually had a thing with birds last year um <laughs> <laughs> like each like block there was like a, a bird incident um the first block biking to slovenia um i just got on off the off the boat actually yeah this, this is kind of a long one but on the on the boat over to the netherlands i got an all you can eat buffet um stuck my <laughs> face full of food just because i knew what i was going to be doing like ate as much as i possibly could went yeah. to bed because it was an over- overnighter um and then just got super seasick like vomited like
1: oh, no. like,
2: yeah, all I had in my guts, like it was all gone. And then the next day, bikes eighteen hours. Um and I guess I just like when I started biking I was just eating gas station food. So just junk food. Like and I guess I kind of vomited out all the all the good food that I had just eaten. Um and that mixed with like tiredness, I just oh. began to hallucinate. Um <laughs> And I was, I was hallucinating. I've hallucinated before because of tiredness. Um, so it was like actually okay. But then I got hit in the face by a bird and didn't think anything of it. I thought it was another layer of the hallucinations. <laughs> and like it did actually hurt, but there was a lot of other things hurting. So just kind of forgot about it. Um, went to sleep in this like, this kind of like farmer's hut, like honesty system, just like a shack I found. Yeah. Um woke up the next morning was kind of just looking at my phone and I was like looking at my photos and I saw this like photo of my face just covered in blood. Um, and yeah, I kind of clicked at that point that I did get hit in the face by a bird. <laughs> like, if I didn't, if I didn't have that photo, I honestly would have for- no, forgot about know. the whole thing. Um, yeah, I still got it's still amazing. got the photo, and yeah. Oh, can, yeah. can you send it to us
1: so we can put it on? We, we should put it yeah. on the Instagram. And we put a post up about this because that'll be a great a
2: great one to have on there. Yeah, sweet. That and is the, wild. The second bird incident was in the USA. I was biking to, I think it was Maine. The second that was the third EWS of that block. Um, yeah. And biking along the highway, and there were some workers that just painted some white lines. Um and I don't know if I missed the sign or even if there was a sign, but I biked all over their white lines and was getting paint all over the place. Then past the workers, one of them got mad, jumped in their U, and like chased <laughs> after me, basically pushed me off the highway. I ended up kind of going into this like I guess park with ponds and stuff, and then bush bashed to escape this guy, and Holy then shit. ended up
0: no um
2: bumping into like a Canadian goose. And it just went at me like full on fist fight with this ghost. Um, I actually, yeah, like <laughs> it. It actually messed me up quite good. Like we were in a full on fight, and then just had to bail and then go back out onto the highway. Um, the guard gone, but yeah, still it wasn't so, wasn't a good time. Those the, the so geese either there Take, on, Nali, take yeah. on angry ghost or angry guy in the truck. Yeah. yeah, either way, I lost. The the ghost definitely won. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, at one point, I was on my back, just like kicking it, like like, like you just want to miss with the goose. Yeah, huh? No. Nah. like I was just on my back, like both my legs just going back and forth, like like I was biking basically, just to keep it off. Then, yeah,
1: it was. <laughs> oh my god, I I was like expecting it more to be like you know you'd encountered I don't know like deer or bears or something like that, but I, I wasn't expecting a goose. So uh,
2: there was a bear encounter good. actually, right. Like, Actually, well, it was just before that, actually. Um, maybe the week before that. Um, well, the week before that, actually, I was in Whistler and was asking people about like what animals are on the east coast of the USA. They're like nothing, nothing. It's super chill. You don't need to be scared of anything. Um, so that's what I believed. And I got over there first night. Um, I didn't hide my food. So I just slept with it next to me. And then I woke up like, early in the morning to, like, the sound of just, just, like, uh, I don't know, my food getting eaten, basically, and I, like, it was in in, oh, no. in in a bivvy, so I poked my head out, and then there was just a, a bear just munching away at my food, and, yeah, I just, like, shouted at it out of fear, actually. <laughs> I don't think I shouted at it. I think I was just scared and just, <laughs> just let out a bit <laughs> of bit a, a squirrel, um, and, yeah, it, I scared it off anyway, and that was it. But after that I, I just packed up and, and went.
0: Yeah, uh, get there out of was, there. There's
2: there no sleeping after that. Like I feel like Canadians are quite chill about bears. But uh yeah, I guess being in New Zealander we got nothing like that, so I was mortified. Oh I mean you could ride around New Zealand and nothing, no. you know,
1: nothing's gonna hurt you pretty much. Yeah. You're pretty safe here. Yeah. Yeah, that was That is that is wild. You've um You've lived a you've lived a few lifetimes already, I reckon, in the last couple of years with all this stuff. So it's pretty. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there's like all sorts of wild stuff you've already forgotten too. That's um that's happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I like Red Dog kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but like, how are you finding the balance between bike packing and racing? Like, I guess. I guess now, like this season, I would almost say from looking from the outside is that you've, I don't, I don't really like the term content creator, but you've, you've done a lot of other stuff outside of like the racing side, but obviously you still love the racing side. So is it kind of just
2: trying to find a balance between all of it now and how to make it all work? Yeah, totally. So yeah, like my number one goal is to go quick and be fast and guess ultimately place well. Um, but. I guess doing what I did last year. It gave me opportunities, um, and essentially, like I've been able to bike full time now. So, yeah, I was able to pull enough sponsorship together. Like, I didn't need to work over the summer, um, nice. and I guess that comes with commitment, uh, of course. So, yeah, like I guess I'm not fast enough to to like get, I guess, podiums. Um, so I need to. A- get exp- well yeah make exposure with other ways so uh, I've done a few like I guess missions uh, which I've made some videos of this year I even vlogged a couple of the commutes um, and yeah I've definitely had to kind of work on the social media side of things a bit more um, which yeah. I mean honestly at times it can feel a bit fake but
0: mm.
2: I guess that's kind of it's a job in a, in a sense and I've kind of got a Show what I'm doing, um, and I mean, yeah, it's it's worked, but yeah, big big I think you, curve.
1: I think you hit the nail on the head, though. Like when you said, you know, like I'm not fast enough to, you know, just be like racing full time. There's man, it's it's like there's not many guys who are actually making, or even girls that are making that much money that they are doing that. Like it's pretty slim at that end. So like bringing something else to the plate is, yeah, it's a way that you can actually make it all work. You know, like it kind of in a, like, crossing paths kind of way, that's, I mean, that's a lot of what Wynn has done over the last few years, too. Like, I mean, he's obviously still really fast and gets some good results, but his, like, social media presence has been such a big factor for him, and, yeah, it's like, you've got to kind of play that game and make it work.
2: Yeah, totally. There's definitely limited spots, I think, um, at the top in terms of just being able to be fast and have a living off that. Um, Yeah. And, yeah, I'm sure we've all seen, Mm. like, people kind of doing their own thing or like focusing on other avenues. Um, So, and I think we're only going to see more of that as the sport develops.
1: Mm. Um, You kind of have to, I mean, this, this the sports changed where you can't really just be a fast racer anymore. Like you, you have to be so much more than that. It's like, even the guys who are at the very top who are winning world cups and that sort of thing, it's like, they still have to work and do like social media stuff. So definitely a big change yeah yeah,
0: yeah i um sure. what does a what does a day look like for you now like um in terms of i guess it is your your job what is a what does an average day look like? Oh, i don't don't even know myself
2: uh <laughs> <laughs> uh i mean typically i go biking at some point in the day um uh gym um also like this time of year actually uh I'm actually putting a lot of time into kind of planning for next year, kind of uh, negotiating with sponsors, uh, like planning with sponsors. So I guess that's that's quite a bit of what I'm doing at the moment. Um, And then I guess over the next few months, it kind of works more into just getting completely focused into getting faster or working towards those goals with sponsors. Um, But, yeah, I I don't know. I couldn't tell you what I'm doing in the morning or (laughs) – next week
0: or anything yeah are you still with
2: um are you still with deviate next year yeah yeah still with deviate so yeah yeah they've been super good to
1: me um yeah yeah i just watched the actually just tonight i watched the tour de mont blanc video um i'd been meaning to watch it for ages and i was like right i need to watch this before we talk to you and um yeah, just watching the 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 owner at the start is like you can see they're pretty stoked on you know what you're doing and that sort of thing. So it's cool to have someone like that behind you that's actually yeah. you know really genuinely into what you're doing.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're super good to me. And that that guy you talking about, Ben Jones, he actually when I first decided I was bike packing, there's a huge panic with bike packing bags, um, and I ordered some that didn't end up coming in time actually because it was the Jubilee weekend. So like. They weren't shipping anything out um, that yeah. week, basically. And he went, like, hugely out of his way to go and buy some buy, packing bags for me. Um, and they were the bags were waiting for me at, um, as soon as I finished the EWS in Tweed Valley. So he's actually basically why I was able to do that. Uh-huh. Um,
0: because,
2: yeah. Yeah, like, I had no other hope if I didn't have those bags. So, yeah, it's quite That's cool awesome. that he's kind of... But yeah, he was there for the beginning of the whole thing and he's yeah, continues to support me and yeah, he was there for the Tour de Mont Blanc challenge. That was actually his idea. And yeah. he's yeah, he's like so involved in what I'm doing, which is it's awesome to have him and a company like that kind of push me along.
1: Yeah, that um that Tour de Mont Blanc looked pretty massive. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, it was
2: it was a big one. Um kind of Yeah. Almost multi discipline. Like I'd say yeah. six thousand metres of the worth of climbing was hiker bike, which I mean, it's a lot of hiker biking. <laughs> uh, um, what was the what was yeah. the kind of total elevation for that? It was eight thousand meters of climbing. Oh
1: so like the the Oof. bulk of it you're pushing. Yeah, like, yeah, man. a whole
2: lot of it. Like the whole thing was hiking past basically. So Yeah. Um which actually made the descent super sick in my opinion. Like there was nothing which was mm man-made like no digger built stuff and it was just yeah
1: some Except of it, some yeah. of the bits and pieces from it um looked pretty gnarly like some of the descending you know the sections i was watching like some of the footage that's on there and i was watching you come into it and i'm like you know gopro footage is always hard because it makes everything look like a footpath compared to what it actually is and i'm like man if if that's actually like stopping and or like riding it you know kind of Picking his way through it, I'm like, "This is some
2: pretty gnarly shit that he's yeah. actually writing down." Yeah, there was definitely some high consequence stuff in there, um, but I mean, you kind of just have to fluke it half the time. I did get off quite a yeah. bit, to be honest. Uh, walk some bits, like there's just some chunky stuff, like I guess artificial stairs that are just made out of like chunk, <laughs> um, yeah. which like you just can't bite down, and especially when it, bikes. especially in the night time, when you can't judge the distance between.
0: Like stones,
2: or yeah, just whatever. It, yeah, it gets to a point, it's just not worth taking that chance, especially when you're in the middle of nowhere. Like, yeah, no one's going to come help you, and no one's going to come save you. (laughs) No,
1: and then in the middle of the night, you just start vomiting.
0: Yeah, Um,
2: yeah, that wasn't that fun. (laughs) (laughs) How long, how long were you stopped for with that? Do you reckon, like, um, maybe only like a few minutes um yeah. but then i was just completely wiped completely depleted after that there yeah. was yeah there was nothing left it was just a, a huge bonk um, yeah but yeah
1: <laughs>
2: that, that happens the fact, you,
1: the fact you managed to yeah carry on after that is yeah impressive in itself
2: i mean like, i think when you sign up to that kind of stuff you can't see yourself as a victim and you've you've just totally got to be aware that like life is going to mess you up at some point or another. So you've got to be content with that and just suck it up. Like I sign myself up for that. So I'm not going to, I'm just going to deal with the cards I'm given basically, as long as as I can physically continue, then nothing should make me have to stop.
1: Yeah. As long as there's no bones Mm -hmm. like hanging out of the skin or anything Uh, like that. Yeah,
2: exactly. (laughs) Carry on. Yeah. Yeah. That's how how I kind of think and, I think what keeps me going is basically yeah. that I, I signed up and yeah, like that's, I, I'd prefer to be doing that than yeah. something else.
1: <laughs> I, think I maybe, feel like that's almost seems to be your whole kind of mentality with life judging by what, you know, what you've done from just deciding like, Hey, I'm just going to ride to this race because there's no other way to get there. Like, yeah, a lot of people would have just backed out at that point and called it quits, but you just keep on charging.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs>
1: It's very, very impressive. Um, what's been, like, what's been the worst, like, commute you've done? Has there been one that's just been, like, absolutely dismal pouring with rain? Or I think
2: there's, like, kind of one standout, which, yeah, there was, like, it was the hardest one on paper last year, which was the Switzerland EWS2, well, it was Ludenville, so... Yeah, um, it was just a little bit under a thousand kilometers, I think, and I had a, th- a few days to get there. Um, and basically, I needed to leave like as soon as I finished the EWS in Switzerland, like leave within the hour, basically. And then Jesus, there was going to be it like, a tight turnaround. Oh, there was going to be no stopping, basically. So. I finished the EWS, left within, I think, 30 minutes it was. So I was quite stoked with that. Um, and the plan was to bike all night. Um, the only issue was I didn't actually look at the the weather. Um, and the weather was actually fine. It wasn't wet, but it was just cold. So that night it was getting to minus two. Um, and. Oh, fuck. I mean, like, I had. No. I had barely had any biking, bike packing gear, yet alone like cold weather yeah didn't even own a, a jacket actually like um well I, I did but I don't know that didn't end up working as an actual jacket but I don't have enough clothes anyway <laughs> um <laughs> and uh yeah I was just cold couldn't feel my hands couldn't feel my feet I just couldn't it got to the point where it was going to be too cold to sleep um turned into an ice cube but it was also too cold to keep moving forward so I was just kind of blocked in this kind of I don't know, no man's land, I guess you could say, um, and they just find a solution. So I was thinking and I thought, oh, I've got a sleeping bag. So I cut holes in it and wore it, like cut arm and leg holes in it and wore it as a jacket. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> honestly, it works so good. Um, and kind of as I as I got warmer, as the night continued, it got thinner and thinner as I kind of just left like fluff all over the place, yeah. um, which worked out. Which oh, worked out my. perfectly for me because it was like it was getting cold, like the sleeping bag was getting colder as I got warmer. But I mean, it wasn't wasn't good because I made a mess. I guess I guess I littered, but I mean, I, honestly, I wasn't thinking of that at that point. I wasn't it wasn't yeah. in that mental state. But yeah, that was that worked amazing. And then so after the EWS, I think I biked for twenty hours nonstop, had four hours sleep, biked another twenty hours non stop. Had another four hours sleep and then had another twelve hours and then I made it to Ludenville five minutes after the sign-in shut. <laughs> but they, <laughs> what? They, they they still let me sign in. But like that's how tight the margins were.
1: <laughs> Far out. You're like, look, here's wow. what I've
2: just done for the
1: last three days to get yeah. here. Don't don't cut me off by five minutes. Yeah. No, they they were uh, they were fine. But yeah, that was that's like how, how tight I was cutting it at that point. And that's wild, yeah, and, like, that's leaving 30 minutes after you finished, already just finished racing in EWS. Yeah, so after that, like, you know, practice and racing and.
2: That first session was, like, I think I was awake for 38 hours, like, just done a, completed an EWS. I think I biked, was it, I think it was 4.30 kilometers before sleeping. Yeah, so 4.30 plus an EWS, that was, that was the biggest, Whoa. I guess, day. Well, that was more than a day last year. So yeah, that was a savage one.
1: That is huge. It is absolutely yeah. huge. Um, going to the complete opposite end of the spectrum. I see you've got a downhill bike now. Yeah. So we're going to see you doing some downhill races. Um, nice. I guess,
2: yeah. I guess I'm like slightly committed now that I've got a downhill bike. Um, yes. So, yeah, I guess you'll see me about hitting up some of the, the downhills in New Zealand and then see yeah. where that takes me potentially. Yeah. Try something. Is, so is
1: that uh is that like a, a downhill frame or is that just like an enduro frame that you've kind of um, modified or?
2: I guess it's like a modified kind of bike. So it's the same mould they use for their, the Claymore, which is yep. their uh, 180, 165 mil bike. Um so they've just stiffened it up, made it suitable for downhill forks, and then they've chucked in a new linkage which bumps it up to one eighty five in the back. Oh, so yeah, oh, it nice. keeps it quite close to the bike I'm used to, which is is actually quite nice. Um, but yeah. it still feels like a beast because I've never had like an actual downhill bike, so it just feels like a tank to me.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. funny how much different it is. You know, even like how good modern trail bikes are, you get on like more of a downhill bike, and yeah. it's just so much different. It's
2: given me too much confidence. That, yeah, it, I've ended <laughs> I've ended up going like too quick for what I'm capable of a couple of times so far.
1: Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it's like, yeah, it's, it's easy to go too fast on them.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: It It definitely like missed a few corners and, and yeah, stuff like that.
1: So you just kind of, um, just kind of kicking around over the summer, do a few, few races and bits and pieces or any crazy plans for while you're home?
2: Yeah. Like, uh, I definitely got a few plans, um, which are cooking up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, I mean, just kicking it out, doing all the, all the events here. Like, yeah, I love going far. So chasing, chasing all the events and yeah, some, some more downhills this year, which is exciting. Nice. Um, and I think.
0: Are you going to ride to the downhill events? <laughs> I'm, th- I'm thinking <laughs> about the downhill it, bike?
2: But I feel like there's an argument of that. It's basically the same bike that I've been peddling on anyway. So it's not actually yeah. a downhill bike. So
0: I've been thinking about. Optically, it'll look like oh. a downhill bike. Oh, yes. I was going to
1: ask if I was going to ask you to ride up to Nelson so we could do this in person, but I thought maybe that might be too much to to ask for just for a podcast. Oh,
2: you should have done it. I, you would have been able to smiley. It doesn't. Matter much. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I ended up. Yeah, if I end up doing some downhill World Cups next year, which I haven't decided on. I'll see how the New Zealand season goes first, but I might end up having to bike with two bikes next year, which could be <laughs> spicy.
1: <laughs> Put, like, a little trailer thing on so you can have the downhill bike on a trailer. Yeah, yeah. I've come up with a few ideas to make that work. <laughs> just, to, just to add, like, another 18 kilos to your load.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: I'll. I don't... I don't think anyone would be mad if you know you if you could send the downhill bike with someone else. I don't think anyone would hold it against you, you know like you don't have to ride around with two bikes. I'd be like fun though. <laughs> <laughs> would it?
0: Would it actually though? You could you could convert the downhill bike back to like the enduro bike and then just take a fork in the yeah. leg. <laughs> you could do manage that. that
1: you can just slide yeah. the um slide the crowns way it's a lot way of head, down man. on the like on the 40 so that then you've got a way low, way lower yeah. front end cuz you know you don't need all the travel and then yeah just
2: yeah, go that's like a that good put, idea. put it
1: into like put it into
2: aero mode i think the issue is, is the gears it's yeah, yeah. yeah. Hard to bike up speed, speed. It i feel like if i had two bikes, though, i'd be walking up the hill anyway so <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't think you can win in that situation
1: well, I was going to ask what's in store for 2024, but it sounds like kind of anything could be in store at this point.
2: Yeah, there's nothing nothing locked in. Um, the next EDR season next year is actually looking a bit impossible to to pedal between. I think it's, it starts in the finale, then goes to Poland, oh, right. which is back-to-back oh. weekends. That's, I think, 1.8,000 kilometres to bike. Yeah, in, it's a long way. In four days, which is quite a bit... Uh, and then the week after that it's in leo gang which i think is one point four thousand kilometers so mm.
1: they might have um they might no, have stumped you there, cause That's yeah. there
2: it's a lot yeah've yeah they've done the one over unfortunately maybe
1: just maybe just skip Poland and go straight to leo gang just go hang yeah. out and do some bike park laps Maybe, yeah.
2: but like at the same time that being like somewhat impossible is exactly what makes me want to do it
1: I was literally just thinking. <laughs> I was like, judging by
2: what you've told us, you were sitting here going, "I reckon I can make this work." It's like four fifty odd kilometer a day. Like, it's, yeah, not that bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. I don't know, like, I don't know how you are selling this to yourself, but that's that's pretty big.
2: I feel like,
0: yeah, I know, usually I don't
2: think about these things. I just sign myself up and deal with the consequences later. But this one has sat on my <laughs> mind for quite a while.
0: Hmm.
1: There's definitely uh, a a tight time frame for some big uh, big commutes.
2: Yeah, there's some big hills there too. Like the distance actually isn't what I'm concerned about; it's the hills. It's, it's like yeah, yeah.
1: It's those passes that sap
2: all the time and energy out of yeah. you. Oh, totally. Especially with the weight I've got, it's yeah. It takes me a while to get up hills. It's definitely a, a winch.
1: It's yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, I'd I i can not fathom any of it, so like the fact that you're even considering that, I'm like, Yeah, maybe I'd do a f I oh, know. I wouldn't even say maybe I'd do a four hundred and fifty K ride, because I don't want to do a four hundred and fifty K ride, like I ain't got time for that. Yeah. That's far too big. I wouldn't even want to do it on my road bike.
2: It wouldn't be fun though. I think Did you say it will be or it won't? It, be? it, it wouldn't be. I think if you're doing something yeah. like that, you've got to make it fun.
1: Yeah. Somehow you'd have to find a way.
2: Yeah, like you'd have to do it on a mountain bike, I think.
1: It's nuts. It's all. It's yeah. I mean, at least there's some. There is some good scenery over there, though. At least, so at least it's not all just boring.
2: Yeah, I think that's a big thing I find hard actually is being able to enjoy that and soak it up. Yeah. I'm never, never in a state where I'm like, oh, those mountains look awesome. It's. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
1: You're just like, fuck, I have to ride over those soon. Yeah.
2: It's it's more like, oh yeah, there's a mountain, like I'm not <laughs> I'm not stoked. I like wish that was not there.
1: Yeah. You must be <laughs> um you must be running like a power bank or something to keep like your devices alive, right? To be able to know where you're going.
2: Yeah, yeah. I've I've got like I think 20,000 amp is it amps? I don't know. power banks. No, I don't... Yeah. Red dog's so, the electrician. So they yeah (laughs) they they last me about a week the two of those um and i just i always have like headphones in my ear and i have um like a gps app going like yeah all the time when i'm biking and it tells me like turn left in 50 meters so i I don't hear using i use commute so super good in the eu um yeah not that good in the states i found but yeah, so yeah, solid. It's very, once in the year. very
1: European. Yeah, yeah, very European. That app. So yeah, real good it, over there.
2: It does get a bit weird sometimes, but I mean, it's it's the best I've found. And it, yeah, having their like the speaking option is so good because yeah, I just don't need to pull out my phone at all to look where I need to go. Basically, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, what's your, like, go-to? Are you a music guy, or are you just, like, like some crazy Spotify rotation that's got, like, 10,000 songs on it? or?
2: Um, I quite often listen to white noise, actually. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. That yeah. is insane. Um, but when I get sick, like, that just zones me out. But when I get sick of that, I just listen to whatever playlist comes up. But then yeah. I get sick of, like, I don't have any type of music I listen to. I just listen to whatever type of music it is until I get sick of it and then move on to the next type. Um, And there's, like, some songs which have just completely scarred me that I can't listen to, basically, because I've heard them too much. Um, And the occasional (laughs) podcast when I'm, like, alive enough to actually kind of be engaged. Focus on it. Yeah. Yeah. So it changes quite a bit. But often often when I'm tired, I just default to white noise and just zone out. Mate, if I listened to white noise
1: when I was tired on a bike, I would
2: just promptly fall
1: asleep. Yeah, I sleep. would be out. I mean, this
0: is—that's yeah, what I babies use. I mean, sleep. this
1: is probably our problem because we have kids, red dog. But I can like just vaguely hear the white noise that's going in my kid's room at the moment, and it's like if I'm in there and it's See dark, that. like
2: if I was riding in the dark with white noise on, I'd be, I'd be, you gone. Like a it's, light. That's good. Like, if I need something more intense, sometimes I listen to like TV static as well. <laughs> Bit more high-pitched and bit yeah. like higher frequency. Yeah, that, that one's good.
1: <sighs> that is wild. As um, speaking of falling asleep, have you managed to like physically fall asleep while you're riding? Um, uh,
2: no, I don't think so. I've definitely that would like, be an impressive feat. I've definitely fallen asleep like for a millisecond, like doze yeah. off, and then just like jolt myself back awake still on the bike but I've never like
1: given sleep like nah, nah, on don't,
2: no don't think so not yet anyway um maybe you <laughs> may, be that you may have
1: just forgot you may have forgotten it or just buried it down deep in your fatigue that you've forgotten it anyway yeah
2: no I don't don't think I have yet I'm usually <laughs> like definitely sleep is my weakness that's something I just can't fight
1: yeah like, That's no, something I, think, I, I
2: can't push past which sucks. I think
1: most people will be in that same boat I think that's just human, the human nature.
2: Yeah, I, I guess so. But my other issue actually is when I'm tired, I can't sleep. There's this—I've got this weird yeah. thing. Yeah, I just I find it so hard when I'm in that state to actually go to sleep.
1: Yeah, you think like this is great. I'm just gonna like fall asleep instantly and go to sleep for a few hours, whatever you like planning on, but it just doesn't come. Yeah, I
2: just. Even though you're like so tired, you're also so wired. You almost go into like mm. some survival mode, and you just you just keep ticking over.
1: Actually, have you um have you considered doing any of those like you know like the donation path, doing any of the like ultra marathons or anything? Whatever they are, they ultra marathon. I don't like, oh, like the them.
2: the bike packing, the bike packing kind of, thing. of things. So actually, at the start of the year, um, I kind of dabbled in one called the HD five hundred and fifty, which is in Scotland. So. I remember it's, seeing some footage from you yeah. doing that. Yeah, so it's 550 miles, uh, which is a bit under a thousand kilometres uh, in Scottish Highlands. Uh, it's basically all bog. Um, I think it's about yeah. 30, 30% hiking, which for that distance is quite large. Um, and just because I'd fit it in with the season, um, I did it just at the end of winter. Um, which times didn't give enough time for yeah, the bugs to clear um, and I kind of went in with the all or nothing mindset like I was like I'm going to get the quickest time or I'm just going to blow up and that's that um, so I was, I was going good until I wasn't um, I think I was like 60 hours in and at that point I'd had four hours of sleep Um, and I got caught between these two passes, uh, and the storm came in like the wind was so bad that I just genuinely couldn't move forward with the limited energy I had. Um, and I was just like fighting so hard to, to move forward, but I, I couldn't. So I was just kind of stuck. So I ended up having to kind of bail and go to this hut to, to just survive the night. Um, and at that point I was like full survival mode instinctively. I had like all the gels I had, which is 12 gels I had in one go just to, like, oh, get my, just to get my like stomach warm. Basically I was just like shaking nonstop. Couldn't, yeah. Couldn't stop myself. Um, like I was coughing up blood. Like I was, yeah. Covered in blood. Oh my it was God. disgusting. Oh, man. Uh, all my clothes were wet Ooh. and I just, yeah. Wasn't in a good situation. Um, and yeah, ended up (laughs) surviving the night. Um, the film team I had there, which weren't actually in the mountains, they were just kind of waiting in civilization for me to get out to the points they could access. Um, ended up calling like the mountain kind of safety team and stuff. So, um, almost got a helicopter out of there, but ended up just walking out of there in the morning, (laughs) which is a shame. I wish I got that. And actually, the worst thing which came out of that was I tore both the burses on my heel, it's like the the fluid sac which keeps keeps your heel uh, moving smoothly. I tore yeah. that, and that ended up coming super swollen, um, inflamed, and now I'm left with these like weird points on my heels, which means I can't wear shoes comfortably or can't yeah walk comfortably at all. So that actually oh, sure. affected affected my season quite a bit which is something I haven't spoken about that much but I don't know it sounds kind of pathetic for me oh (laughs) no that's like
1: (laughs) yeah is that something you can uh like have surgery to rectify or
2: Uh, kind of you haven't looked into it yet no I I have actually but like oh it'll go go away go away in time that yeah the same time for me I don't think if I go and do another mission then it's just going to flare up again and I don't think it actually would get better um so it's not,
1: not a problem and like when you're riding or is it just oh, like i've walking? kind of
2: kind of learned to deal with it but it's just like imagine a blister but it's yeah. a lot more painful so you know there's kind <laughs> of you can kind of settle into a blister i can kind of settle into this um yeah but if i'm walking where you're kind of always sliding up and down um on your yeah heel, in your shoe then yeah it's just a no-go for me so that that Tour Mont uh, Blanc challenge, actually, I didn't mention it in the film or anything, but that was hugely affected by my ability to, to hike up the hills. I actually walked oh, up most of them barefooted with no shoes on. Um, oh
1: but, my god.
2: Yeah, I don't think I've touched on that before, actually, but <laughs> yeah, that was Man. a big nuisance. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine,
1: especially like the little, like for a start how uncomfortable it would be walking barefoot up those trails and then uh, having honest- to stop and like take shoes on and off
2: i honestly did not mind it because it was so much better than than walking with yeah. yeah with my heels sore that it felt amazing crazy yeah and i was also yeah. like bite packing and sand and jandals like yeah there's photos of that and yeah <laughs> just like my whole season <laughs> was kind of based on what would not hurt my heels
1: did you get some of those sweet um, Shimano like SPD sandals to run?
2: Oh, I didn't, unfortunately. They're actually quite hard uh, to find, and no, I've actually yeah. got quite quite small feet, and that's even harder. Yeah, they're pretty. Yeah, they're pretty rare these these yeah. days. I
1: think those things, but yeah. Oh man, that is that is wild. Um, I've I've exhausted all of my questions on my notes, Red Dog. Have you got anything on your mind? Um, I
0: I'm keen to know what what's like something you're looking to improve on um like either with your setup or like yeah i don't know prep nutrition i I don't know is there anything that you this season you're like man i really need to get better at that otherwise i'm gonna end up in a really Um, big hole at some point
2: i don't know i like to think i do i'm always doing the things like yeah doing these challenges with the best knowledge that I have like to the best of my ability and there's I don't think there's ever been like a moment where I've gotten myself into a big hole because I wasn't quite there oh actually that's a lie that Scotland challenge definitely got me I definitely needed more clothes but uh <laughs> that was yeah that was a learning um <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know I like to think I've done things quite good but I guess like In my mind I'm quite competitive and I always want to do things faster and go bigger so I think that's like what I'm working towards over the next season at least going faster and going bigger um I get slammed a lot for not eating well so maybe (laughs) maybe eating better but I don't know that's the way I eat works for me it's just about
1: impossible to eat very well yeah. yeah. I also don't like when you've got limited resources.
2: Yeah. yeah. I also don't eat meat. Um I'm do so like going overseas it's quite hard for me to have a I don't know, you know, the full Yeah uh, full a good diet basically. Especially when I'm packing. Um so Yeah. I don't know. Maybe finding like a way yeah. to make that that work better for me, but at the same time I feel like I've done my best and I'm still living, still surviving. Um, yeah.
0: Not, <laughs> what's
1: your sure. um? What's your go-to like gas station
2: snacks? Um. Whoa, I think Coke is a is a good one. Just what whatever, whatever gummy lollies is there. Um, it always gets you gets you through. Salt and vinegar chips. Um, but I get put off the salt oh, and the vinegar chips quite easily because if I eat too much, it burns the skin off my mm. tongue. Um but just salt
1: yeah but I, it's I always be, a challenge
2: but I gotta be careful with with the salt because yeah, yeah, yeah it messes up my tongue <laughs> uh, yeah
1: <laughs> yeah I think that's, that's you've it. got some uh yeah you
0: got, you
1: you got some wild stuff going on there
0: um do you ever think you're gonna cheat on the bike packing thing and and just say you know, I'll have a really good crack at the racing and put all everything into that and um, see how far we I can think go. At in? this point in time,
2: I think I'm going to say no to that. Um, I think the bike packing stuff has put me in a good position where, I guess, yeah, I've been able to focus on biking completely, um, kind of turn into my job, and I don't think I'd be able to do that without bike packing. So that means not being solely focused on being competitive at these events um yeah so Fair yeah enough. but like doing this bike packing stuff allows me to bike more like all oh, yeah like coming back home to new to new zealand and just being able to bike whenever i want so that's like
0: mm. yeah
2: that's w- what i've always wanted so i think i'm gonna focus on keeping that for as long as i can that makes a lot of sense i guess
1: uh last question from me uh shammy or no shammy no shammy i
2: hate them <laughs> it it up my ass. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Which is like the opposite oh, of what man. most people think. I don't know. Yeah. It, it doesn't it doesn't work for me anyway. I, I think, mean you wouldn't
1: want to be in one for twenty hours at a time either. Yeah,
2: I think I think that's I think no the big issue is yeah, hygiene. Like yeah. with my setup I definitely wouldn't be able to keep on well my hygiene would be a lot worse anyway. Like, yeah it'd be, be pretty grim you'd be swimming in like ass soup yeah <laughs> it'd be yeah. pretty
1: pretty disgusting yeah
2: yeah like my when i'm fight packing like my hygiene isn't amazing just because of the limited things i can do about it but yeah adding a shammy to the mix i think would just make things worse
1: yeah no that makes sense oh well, that's um that's awesome it's um been good to good to hear some tales and um some of the absolutely well i mean to me and probably most of the people listening insane stuff that you've been up to on the bike and um i'm sure we'll um sure we'll be following on again next year to see what you come up with next but Thank um <laughs> thanks for your time and yeah. um yeah can't wait to see what you come up with next yeah cheers thanks for having hey. me on it's been yeah
2: been good to chat with you
1: nah, it's been awesome well, for our for our listeners we'll um hopefully bring you a few more people in the hot seat over the coming months now that the race season's over and maybe some um maybe some more race season stuff here in new zealand but um thanks again matt and we'll see you all next time
0: <laughs> what's up i, come I come from the lounge of down down. Down.
2: Yeah. I let it be like John Lennon the that you don't get for poisonous bam. Read the label carefully, I'm only here for the show I love hip hop, too much to let you feed my ego In the key of F-U-C-K-Y-O-U. I mean, why do I owe you if you're not helping me through? I mean, why do I owe you if you're obstructing my view? Success is not my castle, just a house that's brand new You see, I irrigate the culture, give it shape like a sculpture Still complicated, struck like I'm supposed to B-L-I-T-Z
0: like my DJ Rock to the rhythm like you rock to what he plays